Welcome to the Build Your Team Show. Guess what? I am your host, Atiba, and today, y'all buckle up. I've got my buddy, Jeff Mendelson, and we're about to have a real nuts and bolts conversation about building an international team. You probably had some questions. You've probably been thinking about this. Just a master, and he's about to drop some gems on you. Stay tuned for this episode. And as always, Build Your Team is brought to you by Client Attraction Pros. Hey, it's time that you become the thought leader of your industry, and we're going to help you do that and make it fast, easy, and fun. So, yeah, so what I was saying was that, you know, you really need to think about, you know, from a billing perspective, right? You know, we're talking about billing issues here. And what happens is that you really need to think about how you're going to pay the people downstream. You know, forget about yourself, forget about your family, right? But the people that you're paying downstream, they don't care about that. They don't care about, oh, your client paid you late. Right. You know, you made a promise to them. And it's up to you to honor that promise because their situations are not the same situations that we're in. Right. For us, a hundred dollars, $150 is a steak dinner. That's, you know, we go out to Outback and spend that. Right. right? Easily. You don't, you don't give someone $150 that week. You know, they're not paying their electricity for like 10 people in their house. Right. right? And you know, food on the table type thing. So we as entrepreneurs need to be really cognizant of that. Right. So what happens is, you know, at least from my point of view, right, I used to also use like those bill pay services, you know, send them an invoice and hope that they'll send a check and hope that they'll send it. But I just got, you know, it was just so impractical, right? Say, oh, I forgot the link, send the link again. Or I forgot this or the checks in the mail. You know, it's like I heard every excuse. Right. And what happened was I started taking a credit card. And then, of course, there was one client that was like, nope, we don't pay by credit card. And I'm like, all right, sorry, you know, go find someone else. And they thought I was the biggest a hole out there, right? And also from a business perspective, I'm losing three to 4% on that transaction every time simply because I'm taking that. But you know something? It's their responsibility to pay me on time, right? Yeah. So I go and I charge their card, you know, the way I should. If it doesn't have money on it, of course, it's a friendly email. Hey, you know, can you check the card type thing? You know, those things happen all the time. Happened to me a month and a half ago. I had to change accounts. So I had to go and update everybody you know, about my new mm -hmm. credit cards, things yep. like that. Happened to me a month ago too. We're in the same boat. <laughs> exactly. So what happens is, you know, like, you know, how important to, is it for you to be paid quickly, right? The quickest way is to hit their card on the first of the month so that it gets deposited on the second, hands down. I mean, at the numbers we're talking about, yeah, those three or 4%, you know, cut into that. Yes, it does. Right. But then again, we're also not selling widgets here. We're not in the right. restaurant business that has a razor thin profit margin that you have to watch every penny and be super, super efficient. You can be a little loose with that if it guarantees you a quicker return on your money. And that's one of the things that I, I was like, forget this, man. I'm charging with a credit card. I don't care how much I pay. Right? right. As long as I get the money the next day, you know, that's it. That's gold. So, you know, that's how I run my stuff. Yeah, and I think that's, Jeff, a really important lesson, though, too, for a lot of business owners, right? Because so many people, and we were just talking, I've been there, have to chase clients to pay. And it does create a problem. And as you said, it's not so much about us, right? But the people who depend on us, the people mm -hmm. whose livelihoods are 
relying on us. And again, as you said, as we go global and we globalize our workforce and we bring in people from all over the world, we don't understand how imperative and important that is. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It, it is such an awesome, you know, it, it, an awesome thing to have on your shoulders, right? Because, you know, now you are responsible, hmm. you know, for this next person, right? You know, I really take it to heart that I yep. am now responsible for these people. And it really comes to, you better act as if, right? Because, you know, you pay them late once. Oh yeah, it's okay, Jeff. Don't worry about it. You pay them late twice, three times. There are 30 of us all around the world who will be happy to pay them on time, on time. right? And if these are good people, you pay them first. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And let's get real practical for a moment here, right? As sure. we're talking about hiring overseas and stuff, how often do you pay? Heck, what services do you use to pay? With. Yeah. What services do I use to pay with? So, yeah. all right. So how often do I pay? That's actually a really good question. I pay bi-monthly. Okay. And the calendar is, I pay you from the 1st to the 15th, and then I have until the 20th to pay it. Okay. Right. And then there's the 16th to the end of the month. And then I have the fifth of the next month to pay it. Right. So okay. that's the calendar could be on the first. So that gives me a little bit of leeway. Yep. Right. But at least that's the promise. Right. The promise is that I will pay you by the fifth for the 16th to the end of the month. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's basically it. I have tried a number of different services. Right. And I had one person try to set me up on some currency exchange platform based in Gibraltar. Wow. What a pain in the ass to get this thing, you know, to get this thing up and running. And I was just like, I'm sorry, can't I just pay you via PayPal? Right. And, you know, you can pay. I would say 90% or 100% of my people, but you know, you can't pay 90% of most people out there. I pay people in PayPal and you know, in South Africa and Israel and the Philippines and India, you're like, it's not a problem right now. What happens is how much, you know, the only thing I get really cognizant of, and I am pretty flexible about this. Let's say for example, somebody in South Africa, the South African government takes 10% in fees, which is right. normal, right? You know, some of these cash strap countries are really, they really crack down on yeah. their citizens to get foreign remittances and things like that. Fine. So I tell them, okay, you know something on your invoice to me, you know, show me the hours and then juice it by 10%. So at least you cover that, right? So I'll yeah. cover that 10%, right? It's not fun, right? But then again, I don't make South African law. I don't make Indian law. I don't, you know, I'm not going to fight these banking systems. And I'm certainly not going to sign up to some other service, which makes them go and download a, get a debit card, which then gets sent to them. It's like, I don't, I want easy. Yeah. Right. I want yeah. easy. I want one platform. So the ones that say like, Oh no, I can't use PayPal. There's probably a really good reason unrelated to me on why they cannot use PayPal, which means that's a huge red flag and I won't take them. Yeah. Well, I, their country could abandon it as one sometimes. I right. only for the Russians. Right. Uh, so that happened with the Ukrainian war. Right. All of a sudden I was dealing with this one guy and through Upwork, Upwork said like, hey, we're shutting down payments to these guys. Right. And, uh, you know, I wrote to the developer. He was in St. Petersburg at the time. And I was just like, hey, man, I'm really sorry. Nothing political, no bad blood. But, you know, I simply can't go ahead with this. You know, the platform that we're using is shutting down. Don't worry about it, Jeff. I'm moving to Finland in two weeks. I'll contact you in a month. Awesome. Right. Sure enough. He reemerges in Finland and 
I'm able to continue working. Right. And you know, like a lot of Russians did that, you know, they got out of the Ukraine, they went to Georgia, they went to Kazakhstan, they went to Israel, they went to all these places in Europe. Great. Now I can start working with them again. The bottom line is a lot of these people figured out what they need in order to make money, you know, and also like we were, you know, we pay them pretty well, you know, Mm -hmm. considering. So they have the means to do that. It's very unfortunate due to those political circumstances that they have to go through these hoops in order to get it. But at the same time, I'm more than happy to support that if it means that now their family is safe and now they're able to continue making money. And I think it's great. I think it's a win-win on both sides. No, it absolutely is. And I think that the thing that you illuminate very well, Jeff, is, and I see a lot of business owners struggle with this, they don't systemize and standardize on their process of how they're doing this stuff. And so one, it becomes a nightmare. Two, it becomes the type of thing that becomes unsustainable, which then affects the worker, Mm -hmm. right? And then it just becomes this vicious, vicious cycle. The other major thing too, and this is big, is, you know, a lot of people look at it and say, hey, look, if PayPal wants to charge you a fee, if the South African government wants to charge you a fee, if so-and-so, that's your issue. I paid. You deal. And... I yes, believe. you can do that. Oh, oh, you, okay, you, I take your point. You know, y- yes, you, you can. can do that. But it's wrong, in my opinion. Uh, it is, you know, depending on how much you're paying somebody, right? So, you know, if you're trying to get the bottom dollar, like, you know, if you got this person at $10 an hour versus, you know, versus 12 somewhere else, but the, you know, the $10 one is patently better. It is so much better to just get the better person, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's like, it's money well spent. It makes them feel like, hey, I'm really part of the team. I really think about how, you know, that corporate culture and the net result is that these people stay with me for years, not for months. And when I go through an economic downturn, right, when things don't go so well for me and I have to cut hours and I have to do it, guess what? They don't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. Because they know that, you know, okay, so Jeff slowed down a little bit. No big deal. Right. Well, it is a big deal, but, you know, but I'm not going to abandon him because- yeah, it's not a jump ship moment because Jeff is still paying something and he's reliable. Yeah. Right. And I would take reliability over an increased paycheck pretty much all the time because yeah. I remember when I was working in corporate, I used to be chasing, you know, that salary every month. Like I remember I got a job someplace as like a sales engineer for like $70,000 a year. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that time, like my kid was just born. You know, I just got a mortgage. I realized this still isn't going to cut it, right? So what do I do? I go right away into job seeking mode. Okay, now I need to find a job for 80, right? And it was just this rat race. And I just found myself for years sending out resumes, years. And it got so exhausting at some point, you know, where by the time I had my opportunity to go out on my own and make it happen, of course, it was scary like you wouldn't believe. I mean, the things that were going through my head was who is going to pay for my Starbucks habit? <laughs> right who real, is real going thought. to pay yeah that that's a real thought right because you know i was addicted every morning you stop by starbucks and you go and do it right and who is going to make my mortgage payment who is going to get the diapers and you know because i was the breadwinner right and when you start thinking about it in those terms it's you know that's a hell of a motivator right yeah. so you need to make sure that you have you know something in place where you are where you are making it happen but then again you know, as entrepreneurs, we deal with this uncertainty. You know, will this guy be able to pay us next month? 
So for example, if I'm responsible for bringing leads to their site and you know, they have an off month, uh, guess what? I didn't bring enough leads. So if I'm in a situation where I'm being paid per lead, which I don't do, by the way, if I'm in a situation where things are slowing down and they're not able to, like, those are real worries and you really got to figure out like, and strategize, okay, what's next and be proactive and tell them, all right, listen, we know it was a bad month, but we have a plan, Yep. you know? And I think that's part of what we're being paid for, right? Not just to do the service because frankly, anybody can do the service, right? Whether you're editing audio, writing content, you know, doing paid ads, things like that. But you know, when they look to you for advice, how can I grow my business effectively? You know, that's where you have to start being creative. Well, you know something, I see that you're paying a lot of money into these, you know, into these keywords and you're doing this SEO strategy, but I don't see any growth in the SEO strategy, but I do see a lot of conversions in your paid strategy. Let's focus on that. Right. And that really becomes, you know, one of the things where it's, where you become a valuable member of their team and not just a marketing expense. Right. Because I think marketing expenses are, really just, yeah, they're not cool, <laughs> you know, because you don't ever want to be an expense to anybody. Right? No, you don't. Expenses are the first things that go. Get you want to be a profit center. <laughs> yes. You, and you if you're not a profit center, expense. you need to, you need to rethink your priorities. Yeah. And I think that goes both ways, right? And that's the juxtaposition, if you will, of being the entrepreneur, because on one hand, we've got to build ourselves as that profit center and that trusted agent with our client. But then we also have to do that with our staff, which is what you were saying earlier too. And we've got to balance both sides of that so that everyone understands that, yeah, we are trustworthy people and we're going to do what we say. And it's so key and it's so crucial. And so often we think about it just in, well, I paid them and that's all there is. But there was something that you said a little bit earlier, as you said, talking about corporate culture. Right. And yes, we may not be running corporations, but we still have a corporate culture that we're creating and maintaining. Like your staff knows, Jeff's going to take care of me. They're not worried 100%. about that. Jeff's the guy who thinks about the little things that nobody else thinks about. Right. I had this happen just recently. I'll just share this really quickly. And then, because I want to hear some of the stuff that you do with that outside of just pay. Okay is somebody on our team, we were having a conversation and she says, you know, I really want to get into learning Adobe Premiere, right? And I said, great, because she does graphics and she's an artist and she does cap cut videos and that type of thing. And, you know, all short form stuff. She never really expressed an interest in the longer form. I want to get in. Great. We have a whole library of courses on Adobe Premiere and we have a corporate license to it. Here's a library. Here's a license. Go play. Go for it. Right? And she was just like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe we have this. You're the best. And it's not about her saying that I'm the best, but it is about that moment of her recognizing that we truly do have her best interest and her growth at heart, which is why she's going to love to stay here. Exactly. And that's really paramount, you know? When you get somebody who will esteem you enough to be like, you know, something, okay, I get it. You know, maybe things are a little slow because everyone has slow days, whether you're halfway around the world or right here, you, you know, you got a slow week, you get a slow month, maybe even a slow year, it happens, right? But you have to make sure that you are taking care of the people that you're taking care of you. Yeah. I think that's so important, you know, to yeah. think about because all it does is just bring good karma all the way around. Yeah. 
So tell us some of your stories. How do you create this outside of what we've talked about already? How do you create this in your environment? You know, I created it because I got burnt a couple times. Right. Because, you know, you start figuring out not only, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about age and I'm not going to, I'm not going to date myself here that I was born in the seventies type thing. I'm not going to get into Gen Z, Gen X, millennials. Both of us, brother, seventies yeah, babies. <laughs> exactly. Right. But what happens is this, I definitely do see, you know, changes in attitudes, changes in fulfillments, things that made me happy don't necessarily make people happy, you know, in their twenties, things that are important to me, you know, attention to detail don't necessarily mean the same thing to other people. So when I'm hiring, right, when I'm talking to people, and sometimes I feel like a broken record, I basically read them the riot act, right, where I'm just like, listen, I don't care if you're across the street or halfway around the world, right? We have the means of communication with us, you know, Zoom, Riverside, you know, texting, WhatsApp, Slack, you know, whatever, you know, like I can communicate with you wherever you are around the world, right? Instantly. Instantly, right? But that still does not replace... The water cooler, it does not replace breaking bread with somebody. Mm-hmm. Now, before COVID, I made it my mission to go out around the world and meet the people that I work with, right? And let me tell you, you know, the ones that I did that for, oh my God. You know, like, you know, I asked them, hey guys, how many of your clients came to visit you in Rosario, you know, Argentina or Santa Fe, Argentina? And they're like, yeah, just one. <laughs> like, and it's not an easy place to get to, right? In fact, it was such an adventure. I flew from Buenos Aires to Santa Fe. I stayed there overnight. And the plane that was supposed to take me back the next day simply decided not to show up. But don't worry. The airline said, we got this covered. We got a bus coming to pick you up. Right? So what was supposed to be a half an hour flight back to Buenos Aires turned out to be a seven hour bus ride through the Argentinian countryside in order to get back. Right? So an adventure, right? You know, you get to know these places and it's fun. Right. You get to know a little bit more than what you thought you were going to. Oh, yeah. Than what you thought you were going to do. Right. So what happens is, you know, I tell them, look, I need you to over communicate. Right. I think that's one of the operative keywords for me. I need you to over communicate. Don't assume that I know something that's going on in your head. Don't have an imaginary conversation with me that I am not a part of. And we're all guilty of it. Right. Absolutely. You know, where we're all thinking like, oh, if I do this and she's going to get mad and then she won't do that for me. And da, 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 da. Okay. Like, don't do that. You have to actually be vocal and talk about it. Right. Yeah. Second thing, you need to become an expert. Well, not an expert, but you need to be really cognizant of what is going on in those countries. Right. You need to understand how critical 150% inflation is in the Argentinian economy right now. Right. You need to be cognizant that, you know, Georgia was invaded once by Russia and it very well may be invaded again at some point, right? So, you know, these are things you really need to think about. You know, these friends of mine, JC and Karen Height, you know, they were telling us about the civil war, the unrest that they had a couple of years ago in Managua, Nicaragua, right? All of a sudden they can't leave their house. You know, they were building little barricades in their neighborhoods and things like that. That's some scary stuff, right? And then that becomes a really big test of how do you manage through a crisis like that, right? Do you pull out of the country? You know, it was very easy for them to just be like, all right, the hell with this. I'm moving to Miami, right? Right. But what about, you know, the hundred other employees that we have here, you know, and that takes, that takes a lot of thought, takes a lot of forethought, takes a lot, you know, a lot going on, right? So what happens, you know, when I'm talking with people, you know, I'm telling them, look, you know, like I understand that you guys have your lives going on. You need to let me know 
What's going on? I am not an expert on Indian holidays. I'm not an expert on Georgian holidays. I'm not an expert on Argentinian holidays. And believe me, they have a lot of them, right? And I want to respect that. I don't want to make them work on a day that they're supposed to be having a picnic with their kids, right? right? I don't want to do that. But you can't tell me, oh, by the way, we're not going to be here for two days because of Dia de San No Se Quien, right? right. Yes, I'm like, for tomorrow. Right. You got to tell me about this stuff. And if you want to take a vacation, like, you know, you want to go somewhere for a week, fine. Just work ahead a little bit. I don't mind. Right. Anyways, none of the stuff that I'm doing is so time critical that I need you in the office at between nine to five. Right. But at least tell me what the hell's going on. Yeah. Right. You know, at least inform me. You know, I'll give you another example. In without getting too political on South African politics, they have a lot of electricity cuts. Right. Where basically the power goes out for three, four times a day. Now, it's published on a website, you know, by each city. Like, hey, we're going to go out from 5 until 8, right? You know, so 5 o'clock South African time is right in my morning when I'm thinking I'm going to be speaking with Petra, right? And guess what? She's like, hey, I can't. You know, the power's cut. Okay. It's not her fault. (laughs) Not at all. It's not her fault. I just have to make sure that, you know, that I'm getting my work done and that she has wide enough deadlines that she can get things done around this stuff. And, of course, the family that she's trying to support you know, and all that other stuff. So just being really cognizant of those kind of things, you know, it's like, and if that means keeping a calendar, you know, of all of these countries' holidays, I mean, if you kept a calendar of all holidays, you know, probably be every day would be off. But, um, you know, you really do want to be respectful of that. I don't want to crap on anybody's holidays and I want them to enjoy them to the fullest. Yeah. So that's like another big thing for me. Yeah, we actually put somebody in charge of that, of keeping track of all of the holidays. And then in our employee handbook we have the mm-hmm. ones that you know dependent culture wise and so on and so forth that we've all agreed to right so yeah definitely with you on that and yeah the power cuts we deal with that too here was one when you talk about these types of things there's also the natural disasters that happen okay mm-hmm. right i'll tell you for me like sometimes i may see a bunch of staff is all offline no one's around and my first thing is to go google did some natural disaster happen in this country or that country, what have you, right? Because it's a reality. It was a tsunami. Okay, no mm-hmm. one's getting online when there's a tsunami and the house is flooded. They're not trying to tell you, hey, I'm flooded over here, floating away. Talk to you later, <laughs> right? right? Or the other one that just happened a couple of weeks ago was like in the Philippines, it hit between 47 to 50 degrees Celsius. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a heat wave. It's well over 100 degrees. Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of people with young kids and they had a power outage in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone's running their AC and their ACs aren't up. To oh no, this was a scheduled one, which was work. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> right. And it's like 12 hours with no electricity in the middle of that type of weather. So let me just paint for you the converse of that for a minute. Right. Yeah. Even in the Philippines, Right. Even in these low, low infrastructure countries, you know, where people live and, you know, they have to make do and they have to deal with this crap all the time. Right. What happens is the one thing I instill upon them, right, is it is still your responsibility to get word to me that something is happening. Right. I can tell you here in Florida. Right. We get hurricanes all the time. Right. So when a hurricane comes, you know, yeah, the power will cut out depending on where you live. You can get flooded. Da, 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 da. Right. So but my phone still works. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I know that I'm going to have to be, 
you know, getting water out of my house or going to help my mom or whatever, I'll put on my Slack channel like, hey, guys, we have a storm over here. I need to, you know, I'm going to be offline, but I'll still be available, right? Yeah. I would say 80 to 90% of the time, and that's a very high percentage, even in these natural disasters, right? Their phones will still work at least sporadically, right? So when they work sporadically, when they see that they get a signal, hey, send a quick text to Jeff. Just let me know. Communicate. Yeah. Hey, something happened. I won't be able to work for the next three days. Here's why. Right? Great. I have no problem with that. But when you take off for, you know, Semana Santa, you know, the week of Good Friday, just before Easter, right? And you're like, oh, Jeff, I'm going away for that week. But you tell me the day before. No, (laughs) no, that's not cool. Right. And those are the things that, you know, sort of get under my skin. But I think everything else I can plan for because one of the other little secrets that, you know, not everyone is successful and I'm not always successful at this as well is having some form of redundancy in place, not just having one content writer and she's the only content writer on your team. And she's the only one that can string three words together, right? You got to have somebody else who can sort of, you know, sort of back up on that or, you know, not being the only graphic designer or not being the only audio editor, right? It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to employ two or three just on the off chance that someone's going to disappear, although that may help, right? So you want to make sure that whatever process you're putting in place, that either you're working far enough ahead that, you know, these, if someone takes off for a week, it's not a big deal, Yes. right? Or but you have other people in place that can back up and between those two, just being a little bit more organized, you know, you can really stave off a lot of issues that creep up as you're running your agency from day to day and from week to week. Absolutely. And a couple of things to even add to that we've done over time, one that I need to get back to and we're getting back to right now. I've always believed in redundancy. (laughs) Okay. And having multiple at each position. Now there's some positions where there is only one person and like, you're not going to have two chiefs of staffs. Okay. Exactly. Right. So yes, you're going to have those types of situations but where you can have the multiple, okay, and spread the work, right, and train them both. But here's a couple of things that we do. One is heavy on the SOPs. Mm-hmm. How do you SOPs do your are job? So important. Making sure They're that so sexy that we've got it documented so it can be passed on and you can teach someone else. That's one. And then number two for certain critical positions we always used to, and I don't anymore. And like I said, we're rebuilding this now always had an outside source of contractors. So whether that's people, we just met on Upwork and we said, Hey, got a little project. Hey, go do that. And now I know you can do really good work in a pinch and I don't need you every day, but if something ever happened, I know I can call on you. Exactly. Or someone on Fiverr, what have you. And and just in different skill sets that I know, okay, it may not be as good as my team, but I can get an 85% out of them in exactly. a pinch. Right. And that's another way that we've built redundancy. So let me ask something. Do you have employees or only contractors? Only contractors. Do, do you have some stateside or are they all offshore? You know, so we are all offshore at this point. And that wasn't always the case, but it's become the case in, in the pandemic did that for us, to be honest with you. All of my US-based staff kind of went just various reasons. You know how that is. And it gave us the opportunity to go offshore. And we went off and haven't been back. 
So I'm going to be a little bit unpopular here. Okay. Right? As patriotic as I am, okay, and I am very patriotic, I have the hardest time working with Americans. Right? It's like you can't pay them enough. Ever. Right? You can't pay them enough. Pay them $5 an hour over what the market value is. That's great. You know, maybe they are worth it. Right? But they'll leave you for a dollar more. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you think about it in those terms, and it's just like, or, all right, well, I have no permanence. Right? I have no permanence with what's going on over here. Whereas if I am employing an expat American who lives in Israel, who lives in Georgia, who lives in Argentina, right? They have a much different view of the world of the world. And let's just say how much crap they'll put up with, right? You know, they'll put up with a lot more crap than, you know, than other people. So what happens, you know, they're going to think first and foremost, how can I maintain, you know, this lifestyle that I have right now? So I'll give you an example. You know, people that move to Israel, right, move there for cultural and religious reasons, Mm -hmm. right? They want to be closer to God. They want to raise their families in the Holy Land. Great, right? And there's a very large English-speaking community there, so you can really draw upon that in order to still talk to them. And guess what? They know what a 401k plan is. They know what a Starbucks is. They know what a Whole Foods is. Like, you don't have to go and re-educate them on all of these minuscule cultural norms that we have here in the U.S., right? Which makes them, you know, I I think a little bit more motivated, right? Because now they're able to fulfill their, you know, their personal dreams of living in these other places and still making a little bit more money than what they would within the local economy, right? Not to say that the local economy is anything bad, but, you know, most of these other economies, you don't get taxed 15, 20%. You get taxed, you know, 35 to 50% tax. Yeah. Right. Plus all the other social services that you have to pay for. It's really heavy. Right. It is really it's heavy. I mean, I've lived incredibly. in these places. Yeah. And what happens is, you know, you start thinking like, okay, you know, like how can I help? Right. How can I make this better for them? So the part you make it better is that first of all, you make that promise. I will pay you based on the first and the 15th by the 20th of every month. You That you can be guaranteed about. Right. Cool. And when people get that and then they appreciate it, then they're like, okay, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, he's definitely within my wheelhouse. You know, we're aligned with the same values. And then it really helps with the rest of the conversation because once you get that part out of the way, now we can really get down to work. Okay, yeah. this is what I need done by Monday. Can you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that wraps all the way back around to something that we talk about a ton on this show, which is you're hired for fit first and then skill, right? And that's literally what you just said. It's like, hey, we're going to make sure we fit well. And we're going to develop a bond of trust here, right? This is what I promise is what you bring. This works for both of us. Not that it works for both of us. Can you have this done by Monday? Right. <laughs> right. Because if, can I have it done by Monday, but I don't know, I'm not sure that you're going to pay me on Tuesday. Never works. Exactly. Ever. In any circumstance. Everybody needs certainty. I need certainty. I need certainty in the, you know, when I'm charging my clients and, you know, the ones that try to play around with me on it, I'm just like, listen, you know, these are one of my core values. And when you pay me late, this messes with my core values. And if we can't get a real solution to this, then no, we can't. Which brings me to my next question I've been meaning to ask you. Sure. Have you ever fired a profitable client? Yes. Just did it. How did it feel? Tell me about it. Let's define the term profitable, okay? Because there's profitable in the banking sense of the word, 
And then there's profitable in the peace of mind and assurity sense of the word. So we had to let a client go recently for two reasons. One was an understanding that their expectation was never going to be able to be met given where they were. And two, because of that, even if we had, which they were completely willing to do, they were completely willing to say, okay, well, maybe we can change expectations. We can change this, 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 this. I had to fundamentally realize that in that state, I would be jeopardizing the team in the work that we would be doing because this client still would not be in a state where they're happy or that we were producing at the level that we should for them. So yes, we'd have gotten paid. Yes, we would have made money on paper, but the team would have been unhappy. The client would have been unhappy. I would have been unhappy and that's not profitable or sustainable. Exactly. You know, and I think that's one of the things a lot of people, you know, miss here is that it's one of the true freedoms that entrepreneurs have is the ability to just get rid of these problems. Just say no. Clients. Just say no, right? And, you know, and have a really good reason, you know, in order to do that. And what happens is I think it frees up your energy so that you can focus on the clients that do love you, yes. right? That do appreciate the type of work that you're doing. And I know I get a little spiritual and a little, you know, teary eyed when I talk about this kind of stuff. Right. But it is so true. It's like, okay, so they handed you a $25,000 check. Who cares? Right. If it means that, you know, one guy, the one that gave me that check, you know, two weeks later, he raised his voice to my project manager. Yeah. You know, and that was egregious. That was just like, I'm sorry, who are you? Right. Like, no, that's not how we operate here. He's like, well, she wasn't doing her job. I'm like, you know something? Let me just send it back. Just going to give it all back to you. And I unwound everything that we did. And I wrote a terse, you know, like a short email saying, hey, I'm sorry, we need to separate. Here's your money back. Da, 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 da. And I wrote a little bit more of an elaborate email to my team saying, hey, guys, you know, this could have been really profitable for us, but not at the mental health, you yeah. know, what we're doing, not for my mental health. And you know oh, something? Yeah. Good riddance. Do you know what happened? 10 minutes after I sent off that check in the mail. Another client showed up with a bigger Another check. client showed up, exactly. And that's what happens. It frees up the positive time. energy. Every single every time. Every single time. And you're like, oh my God, like this is why I did it, right? And it legit went and replaced the income. Oh yeah. Right? So so I felt good about it. I felt like, okay, you know, like this is, you know, this is a really good thing that happened. And, you know, I'll tell you something. I keep a secret shit list. Can I say that? Right. So I keep a secret shit list of all these people that have done me wrong over the years. Right. And let me tell you, every single one of them who thought that they were better than me, who raised their voice to me, who were all PO'd about the work that I've done. I go back every once in a while because every once in a while, you know, it shows up in some, you know, Facebook five years ago type right, thing. Right. You know? <laughs> remember yeah, remember this? And they're all gone. They're all gone. And you sort of develop this radar like, you know, is this person going to be a problem? Right. And if you think there's going to be a problem, generally you should trust your intuition and pass on it. Right. Yeah. I know it sounds elitist to do. I know it sounds like, oh my God, like why am I passing But it isn't. But, you know, at some point it is. And, you know, you think that, 
okay, you know, but it's ultimately going to be better for my team. And you know something, you feel better about the decision, even if it means you have to take a loss for that month. Why? Because you are protecting yourself, you're protecting, protecting your, team, your team, you're protecting the rest of the, your business. Yes. And that's ultimately what we have to do. We've got to protect the team. We must protect our teams. Otherwise, no one else will. And putting them in those circumstances jeopardizes our relationship with them, right? And jeopardizes the safety and the, the security and the certainty that we've already worked so hard to build with them. So completely, completely there with you. I got one more question for you. Sure. And I ask this because, you know, I have a lot of guests and I think you have one of the most worldwide diverse staffs of people on enough continents, <laughs> right? Where do you find your staff? People ask me that all the time. I'm asking you, where do you find your staff? You know, it starts with two sources, Upwork and word of mouth. Okay. Right. And really that's where, you know, those are the two things because like my programmers that I found in India and they live in Calcutta, you'd be surprised to know, I have never heard this guy's voice. He will not get on the phone with me. He will not get on Skype. He will not get on WhatsApp with me, but every single thing that I give him right? Is Rock done the next it. morning. Yeah. Right. So I can put something in my, you know, because I'm really verbose in my communications, right? So I don't just say, Hey, go fix it. It's broken. I'm like, no, here's the screenshot. Here's a big red arrow that points to it. It needs to look like this, go fix it. And then tell me how you did it. Right. So, you know, they appreciate that. And then when I wake up the next morning, it's done. And you appreciate that. I appreciate that as well. And then, you know, there came a time where I wasn't doing so many like web development stuff. Right but I still needed this guy on the team, right? So, you know, he starts asking me like, hey, do you have any other projects? Do you have any other projects? And I'm like, you know something? Here's what I want you to think about. We came to an agreement of a minimum charge that he's gonna charge me every two weeks, okay? I don't care if you do zero hours for me, you are gonna charge me this minimum amount right. of hours. And he's like, oh no, I can't, that's not ethical. It's like, no, 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 It's very ethical because I need you to be on call. That's what being on call is, yep. right? So Repent. maybe I'll go two, three weeks without giving you anything. That's fine. But if I ask you to do something, I, need like, I can't wait for your availability to open up as well. So I'm going to prepay some of this time, right? And I'm not going to ask for anything in return. Guy's been with me for like nine years now. That's awesome, man. Right? Because, okay. you know, you develop that and you develop that trust of, you know, th there's this minimum amount that, you know, that's going to happen. And it also creates this, okay, well now I know I can count on them, right? Even during the times that I'm not, you know, that I'm not a hundred percent involved or I'm not doing a lot of web development stuff that month, you know, things like that, at least I could still count on them. And yeah. that for me is well worth Gold. the minimum payment that I do Absolutely. every month with him. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So Jeff, before we go, tell everybody who you are, what you do, who you serve and how they can reach you. Awesome. So my name is Jeff Mendelson. I am the host of the podcast of The One Big Tip. I support podcasters, startups, and entrepreneurs tell a story. I help them create podcasts and live streams so that they can tell their story and get their word out and increase their authority. I put in the systems and processes that allow you, know, you to actually go ahead and tell that story and not have to worry about all the mundane stuff that goes behind it. All the promotions that happened before the audio and video editing that happens during, and of course the promotion after. 
So you can find me on LinkedIn, Jeff Mendelson. You can also find me on my main website, jeffmendelson.com and learn a little bit more about my business and how I support other entrepreneurs. Jeff, it's been such a pleasure to have you, man. This has been a great, great conversation. I love how nuts and bolts we got, but also still brought back into theory and really understanding how to build an international team. Thank you for being here, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. My pleasure.